party tonight. Good evening. You are listening to a Rad Religion Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radelich. And tonight, our favorite show is Agretzko, Season 4. Brought to you by the good people at Fanworks and Netflix. Agretzko is a Japanese animated comedy streaming television series. Or I'm just going to call it an anime. It's an anime. Based on the eponymous character created by Yeti for the mascot Sanrio, known for Hello Kitty. The character first appeared in a series of animated shorts by Fanworks, which aired on TBS television between April 2016 and March 2018. Uh, this current season we're talking about tonight debuted on Netflix December 16th, 2021, and we are getting to it tonight. And I am joined, as I have for the previous three seasons, by David Wright. How do you do, David? I'm good, thanks. Hello, everyone. So... Here we are back again talking about our favorite little red panda. Is that what she is? Yes, she's a red panda. Right. When we last left off with season three, so season one sort of established what, uh, what the whole series was about. It, we, I, and, and I bring it up now because it's relevant to this season. This is where the boss started naming Agretzko Calendar because she was not solely devoted to the religion of work as she should be as a good little Japanese red panda. Well, she was um, planning on jumping ship. She was, she yeah. was using work computers to, to job hunt. Right. Um, the second season dealt with, as as many as many workplace comedies do, our female lead finds a rich man to run around the world with and then decides this is not love, this is not true love, this is not what I want. Uh, season three, she, becomes, she, she joins Baby Metal. And then here in season four, uh, this is the takeover season. I think what I'm trying to say, David, is that while I enjoy this show, boy, does it fall into a lot of workplace drama tropes. What do you think? Uh, yeah, like I, like the the season I enjoyed the most up to now was still mm -hmm. the first season because again, it was mostly adulting the anime, you know, like right. how to navigate, you know, being a new employee, having to get used to the work culture, work culture across generations. Mm -hmm. You know, because it, it, it starts off, you know, Retzko has graduated high or not high school; it would be college in this case. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got a job at a company and she's, she's learning the ropes, you know, being in a position of having, of, you know, having production expected of her dealing with her older, more traditional boss from an era where, uh, you know, workers' rights was not really the same culture as before. You were expected to just, you know, take crap from your superiors, you know, get your head down and work hard and, and rise up the ranks. That's sort of very sort of traditional Japanese company way of doing things. And yeah, it was just sort of her struggling with do i like my job should i be at my job you know should i right. find something else to do was, and, and her, her co-worker like, is very much like that madness song is this my beautiful wife is this my beautiful house you know yeah. is this is this all there is yeah and sort of her getting to the end of it and deciding you know i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of do my best here and uh you know and and then you know win at win at being accepted by my workplace right uh i think i think like, it's interesting because you say he calls her calendar in the Japanese version. He calls her like short timer, like a, a temporary <laughs> contract employee because right. she's, 
yeah, she, she, she's looking around for other things. And then, yeah, you get into, and I really enjoy that sort of aspect of the show and the whole, mm -hmm. like her, her venting her rage through death metal karaoke, which is kind of her, <laughs> her, her, her deep secret though, you know, as, as, as the show goes on more and more people become aware of it. And then, yeah, you get into season two, which is more her taking the tr sort of traditional out for women in the workplace in Japan, which is get married, start a family, have kids, become a full-time right. housewife. And, you know, that becomes your life from there, which, hey, you know, nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But that's not know, what it, she wants to do. Well, and I think that, the, that's the, yeah, that's yeah, the, the yoke that she's struggling against is, and I think that that's a big theme of this show is I don't know if Gretzko really knows what she wants to do. I don't think the writers know what this character wants to yeah, do. But I mean, because I'll, every I'll, I think season is a new hat. Yeah, and... Yeah, in the end, she meets up with Tadano, who's just a super genius tech billionaire. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, I think they very much are in love with each other. Mm -hmm. It's just he's so, you know, so much of an eccentric genius that he's like, you know, I don't believe in the institution of marriage. I don't need to get married. And and Retsuko wants the marriage. She wants the mm -hmm. wedding. She wants the home life. And understanding she can't have that with Tadano, despite him being a nice guy and is you know very smart and you know insanely rich. Mm -hmm. uh, she's like you know like. Despite all those positive things in you, I can't, I can't follow you in that path. And then, yeah, third is she becomes yeah an idol singer and becomes popular through that. But again, it's sort of you know, is this really the life for me? She gets a stalker and doesn't like that. And, and then we we get come to season season four now, where it's mostly back in the office dealing with office drama, and that was I think the strongest part of the show. And I was really happy to see it back at that point. Right. I think the, the point that I was I was getting to, and, and it's fine to have gone through all of that, but it's like, I feel like every workplace show, there's always a season where there's like a new boss or, you know, there, there's some sort of drama in the workplace mm -hmm. where something, a pillar of what was keeping it up has now changed and the whole, the whole dynamic has changed and everyone's reacting to that change. Um, to your point about the, I think it's the second season, <laughs> where the new uh, the new guy comes on, he's so he continues to be one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, and I yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That's another thing in season two is she actually has a bit of seniority now, and she has to work through training the new mm -hmm. guy, who's like a very I guess we would say now millennial or Gen Z. Yeah, very nervous, very quick to post on social media any issues that he has, and <laughs> you know, in 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 his own mind, it, it's you know he's he's just looking out for himself in his own defense, right. but it it kind of becomes to the point where. Like no work gets done because he's so triggered about having work to do. It's like, no, yeah. no, your boss isn't abusing you. They're just telling you you have a job to do and it needs to be done by Friday. Right. This is called work. It, he's he's very much emblematic of, of something very current going now going on now in the workplace of and I see this on TikTok where it's always, you know, the, the thing on TikTok is you, you you are playing yourself in different characters. It's you talking to yourself, like a pitch meeting. Mm -hmm. And it's always like boomers talking to Gen Zs. And bo yeah. and the boomer character is always, you know, and we were abused and we liked it. You know, and yeah. the Gen Z's like, but you don't have to be. <laughs> There's yeah. no reason to abuse people. It's that conflict. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's not abuse. It's work. It's, it's how this goes. Uh, but yeah, so this season... There's a new boss comes along, and the first thing that happens is, hey, <clears throat> there's a tacit realization that her the accounting department does not produce revenue. This this resonated a lot with me because mm -hmm. this is something I read about all the time when I read entertainment trades and um, you know and, and what business books I have read or articles uh, in like Fortune or The Economist or something because I'm a smart. 
um, <laughs> is I'll see, you know, departments that were uh, sort of a, a, a functional department that lended itself to the overall productivity and um, success of a company are now looked upon as since they do not contribute directly to uh, the economic success of the company, they, they are deemed either redundant or they are they are forced to um, be trimmed down, things of that, you know, they're, they're looked at as cost ineffective. And I was like, wow, that for it's such a smartly written cartoon for what's kind of a silly mm -hmm. premise is what if we have these Hello Kitty Sanrio characters, but it's the office. And yeah, kind of. that's yeah. a lot of what we're doing here. And this mm -hmm. is you have this boss going, hey, the accounting department is is not cost effective at all. And so we're going to start firing people. But we don't really want to fire them because that in and of itself causes its own problem. Well, so what if we just make this miserable and people quit? Yeah, well, you're, you're missing a bit of a an aspect there because okay. this is a Japanese production. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, what happens is like the, the current CEO has like a brain aneurysm, heart attack. I forget exactly what it was while out jogging. And he's basically announcing his retirement. And instead of just letting the next guy in seniority, which is sort of the traditional way of doing mm -hmm. it, you know, like the next yes man at the board meeting become the CEO, he picks a sort of young, you know, like progressive, not like progressive in the social sense, but like, you know, workplace progressive, new mm -hmm. ideas into the driver's seat, which, you know, the current board of directors resents. And yeah, and he's trying to go like, I need to streamline the company. I need to get rid of all this old, junk from yes. the old ways of doing things and things that function know, and, just fine don't function in the world as i see it and therefore they must change i, I mean he's not wrong with his perspective like you know no. you, it's a new world there are new technologies you need to go and change with the times right but at the same time yeah he's he's a bit doesn't quite appreciate some of the why these things are here and like there's this great moment where boss ton talks to him and he sort of says like you know the accounting department doesn't uh, doesn't generate any revenue for the company and Ton says, yes, that's true, but I'd like to see an F1 team win without a pit crew. Um, and it's and, interesting because we're, uh, we're going to bounce. I actually didn't address the original question there. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, what happens is like in Japan, they have this thing called the lifetime employment system. The idea mm -hmm. is, you know, if you get employed by a company, you are with that company until you die, basically. Like okay. they will not fire you because it's sort of just a sort of honorary agreement that that's you know, what you mean you by work... an aspect of it. It is not so yeah, much. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you will work your ass off till you die, possibly mm. at your desk, which there's actually a word for that, which is scary. But in exchange, the company will always have your back. They will look out for you. They will fo you know, right. clothe you, feed you, get you a place to live. You know, like, you, like you, you will, and you will always be there. And it's so it's very difficult for a company to just fire someone. But okay. what they can do is they can make your life so miserable that you quit. And this actually does happen in actual companies. Yeah, I think well, I was going to say, I think the American equivalent is when you have a country that when you have a company that has been historically union and that mm -hmm. union is embedded. It's not a whole lot. They, like the teachers union, for example, or, you know, being tenured, not a whole lot. They could, you, you'd have to literally bang a kid to get fired, which I do not yeah. suggest people do just in case anyone misunderstood me. But um, short of that, short of banging a kid or hurting a kid, you, you keep those jobs forever. But boy, can they make teaching such a miserable experience that teachers just say, I hate this and I quit anyway, um, yeah. but, you know, in lieu of in lieu of actually directly fire them. But I do want to ask you, since you brought that up, mm -hmm. um, you know, art is a way to speak about an issue, social or otherwise. Do you think that the writers were sort of looking at the uh, the words you use there, the, you know, the work, lifetime employment, 
you think they're looking at that and going, this is outmoded, outdated, this is a generational thing, and we want to kind of attack it with this, you know, yeah. use this vehicle, use the show as a vehicle to editorialize our thoughts on this system? Yeah, well, I think, I don't think that they were so much taking shots at the lifetime employment system. And and mm -hmm. that is, I mean, I never worked as an actual salaried office worker in Japan. I mm -hmm. was an English teacher, which is, you know, you're sort of outside of that system. You kind of get peaks a bit, but it's, mm -hmm. so, so I, you know, I, I would stress that, you know, I'm not an expert. I don't have insider knowledge on this. This is kind of just- You've talked to I've people though, I'm sure. Yeah, I've Your wife bit, has talked so, to people. Yeah, but so, so yeah, like I don't think it, that's so much the issue. And then mm -hmm. and there are companies that are very good about this. And mm -hmm. but also just yeah, like with the way that economics are going, it's it's a, it's a lot more difficult now to mm -hmm. to maintain that system. Back in like the eighties and nineties, when it was you know the bubble economy, and you know right. Japan was making money hand over fist, and America was making gung ho. You know, like this, <laughs> you know, like yes, of, of course, you know, we'll we'll keep it going. But now, now mm -hmm. the bubble has burst. Right. You know, I don't necessarily think the writers. I don't think the writers of this show were necessarily having negative feelings for it and felt the need that that that, that, that yeah. was the message here. I think but I do think they were they were talking about it. With yeah, the they're show. talking about it. I think a lot of it is more just the generational divide. Like you even mm -hmm. see it in the first season, where you know Boss Ton is is he's very hard on Retsuko and most of the apart uh, of, of the department, and he's portrayed mm -hmm. as this this ogre, this sort of very mean, nasty, terrible boss. Yeah. But there's also this moment where like when Retsuko goes to the drinking party and she like pours him a drink and she remembers the last time she poured him a drink, he like cussed her out for not having the label mm -hmm. up, which is right. the, like the way that you do it. You know, there, there's, there's decorum for everything in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and and then when she pours, it's like, oh, I noticed that you you had the, the drink label up. He's like, yes, yes. I remember from the time when you yelled at me. He's like, yeah, I guess I was a little hard on you. But, you know, when I was a new company employee that was the way it was like you right. know the older employees yelled at the newer employees and we were expected to learn fast and think on our feet and you know that was just the way of it it was you know we were here to work it was it was tough and and you know maybe maybe you know, I, I did come a little hard and there's there's this kind of this kind of moment of them reconciling then Rets goes let slip that she you know called him out to the bosses and he right. you know he goes back to feeding <clears throat> crap here but there's even like I, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more later like there there are bits where as as horrible as ton is to some of the department he also does look out for his people like even in this show like you see him well yeah let's just get into that because you know, I, I, like you see him where the the new ceo he says i want you to give me a list of you know, like 10 people you think we could you know trim from the department and boss tom gives him a list saying no one. I'm, I'm not going to let. But it's important to note that that's after a scene where they actually do look at the pros and cons of everybody, and there are mm -hmm. legitimate reasons to want to let go of some people to you know to try to reduce redundancies. And then he was like, "Doesn't matter. I'm keeping everybody. They're all important." Yeah, but, but they are. But I did like the fact that there was a, that, that he acknowledged that 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 the reality is these are imperfect people, and you probably could cut some of them. But it was a moral. Sort of ethical implication for him that he do that he keep everybody yeah and it's again part of the culture when you get into a group like that it could be a work mm -hmm. group it could be like a club you join it could be like a sports team or, or anything mm -hmm. you're kind of part of that group for life love you or hate you you know or love them or hate them you know whichever mm -hmm. way it comes from you will always be part of that family in a way and you know they will stand up for you Another funny thing I wanted to point out is so one of the characters that gets cited for ter for termination 
Um, I, I can't, I can't remember the character's name, but it's the, I think it's the, the hippo or pig character. Yeah, Kabai. Kabai. Yeah. And there's a really funny thing. And again, it reminded me of a lot of TikToks I've seen lately where, you know, at the beginning of, at the beginning of COVID, it was, you know, Hey, if you've got the sniffle, stay home for two weeks, we'll pay you. We'll take care of you for the love of God, stay in your house. And yeah. now, you know, and two years later, it's listen, I've got actual COVID. They're like, I understand that, but we're still going to need you to come into work. Just wear a mask. <laughs> we're too. You know, and it was very similar with, with Kabai. It was like when you and I say this with my job all the time, I was like, when they don't want you anymore, everything that you used to be able to get away with and nobody said anything about or had a problem with suddenly it's you get written up for it until you're either until they have legitimate reason to fire you or you just quit. But, you yeah. know, like not nothing is bad until they decide they don't love you anymore. And that's what happens to goodbye, where it's like, you know, <laughs> there's this yeah, whole thing about yeah, they're, uh, they're pressuring her. Yeah. To quit. Like, yeah, it's like, don't you want to stay? But it, but it's always like passive aggressive manipulations. Like, don't you want yeah. to stay home with your family? Your family yes. seems like they need you. Or the opposite. Yeah. It's like, well, don't you have a husband that can take care of your child? You need to yeah. be at work yeah. right we're, now. We're, we're prepared to offer you a very generous compensation package if you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of. It sounds right. like you know, we're doing you a favor. It's like, but but I like working here. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I love most about when uh when kabai when they tried to get rid of kabai is like mm -hmm. when the, when the new boss is on the phone because yeah like they've transferred ton to like a a trailer out in the middle of uh of a shipping yeah it was a very <laughs> office space they put him in the basement and he was like i don't have my stapler yeah yep yep very much <laughs> that sort of thing where yeah he's just has nothing to do and they're just waiting for him to just sort of <clears throat> resign out of boredom but right. uh but yeah, and and when Kabai sing you like my son's sick, I need to get him to the doctor. Like this is something. You know, this is my family. It's kind of important. And you have the boss trying to, you know, cut her loose. But then like Retzko's grabbing the phone from him. He's like, you don't worry about it. We got your back. We'll we'll grab all your work. You know, like, it, it was very much Retzko. She's no longer the new employee. She's part of the team. She knows what she's doing. And she this is like her adulting and adulting very well. Mm -hmm. She's taking responsibility for the for the department as well as for her coworkers. And like, that was just a great little moment of showing her growth as a character through all this. Yeah. Um, I've been putting it off. I wanted to wait until we got all of the, of that part, because the, the show is sort of two or three different things they focused on. One of which was this change in leadership and how it affected the workplace culture and all of that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this has to do with, let's see if I can get the character's name right. Uh, Hada, uh, Haida. Haida. Yeah. And Haida, who I've complained about in seasons past. Well, Haida does not have a good season. This season does. <laughs> uh, I've complained about him because he was kind of a milksop. And this was very much, mm -hmm. they, this was not so much focused on Agretzko for the first time in four seasons. This was more mm -hmm. focused on Haida. Um, and he definitely has an interesting arc here. So, in the, so I, I want to focus specifically on mm -hmm. this. But there's a conversation that he has with the other female workplace uh, friend. And to the point where I thought they were going to get together, like they, they, I, I was, I was when they were well, having uh, drinks. Yeah, Fenico. Fenico. Yeah, when they were. Yeah, having yeah. My drinks. my wife keeps on thinking that you know I wonder if Fenico and Hyder are going to end up together in the Dude, end. She's I, not like full on shipping, but she's thinking. I was, well, I was going to say for, for for freaking you know a Hello Kitty character cartoon show, man, they had a lot of sexual tension in that scene. That is seen especially, but yeah. just in general, oh, I, I um, love Fenico. She's a great character. Um. The conversation they have over drinks where Fenico mm -hmm. finally beats it out of Haida because <clears throat> Haida tries to make a go of it with a Gretzko, but as Haida does, he tends to chicken out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you get the sense that he doesn't feel like he's good enough, but he's never he's never like just outright said it. 
and there's this long monologue that he gives, which I thought was pretty interesting. And it made me look at the Gretzko character differently. He was like, I don't feel like I'm good enough for a Gretzko. And Fenneco's like, but for why? What's wrong with you? What's, what's so great about her? And he was like, um, she's been an idol. She's been this. She's been, it goes through this laundry list of things. Yeah, she dated a tech billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Like, a Gretzko is not your average, everyday Japanese workforce gal. She's she's an eccentric in a lot of ways. That's his perception of her. And that he's just a regular dude and isn't worthy of her. And it break and it's breaking his heart because he loves her so much. He's so infatuated with her. And Fenico, to her credits, like, no, she's not. <laughs> not only is she not all of those things, but all of those things that you say that she has succeeded in, she ha she's either walked away from, abandoned, it didn't work out. She's just she, she's like the rest of us, just tripping through life. And I, I, I <clears throat> it's a great. It's one of those things where, and I say this all the time about drama. It's a greatly acted scene it's a greatly mm -hmm. constructed scene it's it the dialogue is really pitch perfect it just makes me hate the character <laughs> oh, I, I i have yeah. real issues with haida and and that takes us into the next thing that happens with him go ahead yeah it's uh <clears throat> yeah at the beginning of the season yeah the end of last season you know he confesses to retzko and she mm -hmm. sort of is like okay we'll we'll give it a go yeah sort of thing in in, in the sort of sort of downplay Japanese way of doing it. Like, you know, it's, it's it's not like the American way where, you know, it's like all kisses and hugs and high drama. Like, I remember there was one J-drama series I watched called uh, Miss Pilot about a girl that becomes mm -hmm. a pilot at you know, an, an airline. And there's these two characters that sort of have a bit of, bit of tension going on with them. And I, I remember just reading one of the comments on the episode, like, oh, it's too bad they didn't end up together. But in like the last episode after the big drama thing happens, like and everyone's going home. The one character goes to the other. Like you, know, you want to go for a coffee? And that was it. And like that was them asking the each other out. Like you know, it's it's it, again. It, it's not by the American standards. So well, but, it, yeah. it reminded me kind of of Penny and Leonard in The Big Bang Theory, where yeah. um, I mean, they had their moments of, of passion, but there was a lot more joking around. Of the reason they got together was Leonard's unrelenting pursuit of Penny, and Penny just being worn down by him. Yeah, like fine. Let's 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 give it a try. Yeah, I'm not <clears> sure <throat> if I'd say it with Agretzko because you know, Haida didn't really make mm. it clear what was going on until. Well, no, very... I, just just more of the yeah. of the uh, Agretzko was not passionately in love with Haida and was just waiting for the opportunity. He was like, "Oh, you like me? Okay, well, let's see where this goes then." You yeah, know? I mean, and that's kind of very real. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Yeah, but of course we know that Hyde has been obsessing over this for mm -hmm. for you know, like he, basically three seasons, and and he even kicked Inoue to the mm -hmm. curb, and we'll get to her later, Oof. I'm sure. Yeah, but, <laughs> that uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then like every time he walks her home, and and you know mm -hmm. they get to the door, she's like, "Would you like to come in?" Like it doesn't get better than that, dude. Like that that <laughs> that is like an open invitation to take things to the next level, right? You know, I, I you know, you're in, man. Like. Go go for it, and and he just never does it. And well, like, yeah, like I just he I, does remind like, me of a lot of guys I know that mm -hmm. they are so caught up in their own mental stuff, um, and they don't seem to recognize a woman's need for a man to take the lead, especially yeah. now. You well, know, we've kind of been we've been trained to not to mm -hmm. do that because you know now that, that's you know toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call that. You <laughs> Hang know, on, we're supposed we, to listen to women and respect them. That is what's projected from the popular culture. 
if you actually talk to a woman, yeah, <laughs> like an actual woman, they're like, yeah, I don't know where Hollywood's getting this from. <laughs> the re- most of them just throw them o- throw them over your shoulder and you know catch yeah, them into but the yeah, I've certainly been there where yeah, like you, you look at what the pop culture is saying, right. you know, like this is what a man needs to do to be good to a woman, mm. and it's like okay, I'm trying that, and then like why why are the women not <laughs> responding to this? Why why does this not work? Um, yeah, and then, then yeah, eventually you find out oh, it's because the pop culture is not right <laughs> about that, and I was gonna say it's projecting its own insecurities about things and not actually tapping into what, yeah. women, what women actually want but anyway yeah, um yeah. but uh but yeah this this season like like the sunoda sensei scenes mm-hmm. are just fantastic like mm-hmm. when sunoda like the deer is giving haida special lessons in how to date yeah. and, and she's just getting more and more frustrated at just how terrible he is and i mean yeah like i've 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 been there where like I'm so stuck in my own mind I can't really understand what the heck is going on and mm-hmm. pay attention to what's going on in the relationship which tends to not work out very well but even I know if you walk a girl home mm-hmm. and if she says hey would you like to come in right you should probably go in this is like yeah. a sign that things are going to go very well this yeah. evening that's the Eddie Izzard bit about would you like some coffee you know would you like some coffee is code for sex now yeah um, you know unless it's being offered by the king of Burundi is the joke yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 the very least a sign that you know. Let's take this thing further. Yeah. In this case, uh, but uh, but yeah, like like the scene where like Sonoda shows like you know I've got the file for men to keep mm-hmm. and men to not keep, and mm-hmm. when she finds out that when Haida had his like last chance to to confess, he chickened out. She just sticks him in the file for not keep, and then she try, puts that into the recycle <laughs> bin, and then she tries to delete the recycle bin. It's just you have just failed so hard. You know, I I cannot express. My disgust at how hard you have failed at this. But then, so here you have this milksop Haida whose spine is made of uh, tiny pieces Jelly. of chalk. Yeah. Just drives me absolutely crazy. But then, you know, you have the new boss who takes an interest in him. And this whole new other side of Haida comes out. And it starts very slowly. It's actually very well written. Because mm-hmm. it starts with things like, and I don't know if you've ever been this guy. I have, where I, I've, I've had to work with elder, in the field of social work. I've worked with elder women who didn't understand how computers work. And mm-hmm. so you fix a computer issue that they're having, which is very benign because I'm not, a com- I'm not yeah. by any actual standards with computer people. I'm mm-hmm. not one of them. Yeah. Um, but I can fix a simple thing well enough, especially when someone has no experience. And it's like, yeah. you're a wizard, Harry. Yes. Yeah. You are a computer person now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the IT guy. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with things like that where he's, getting a degree of confidence about himself because he's able to do these little things around the office and then it's a little bit more and then he's figuring out some accounting things that are you know that are um better he's and more basically able to use a spreadsheet to automate a right. lot of the workflow right. for the accounting department and yeah the the, the new boss is so old-fashioned that mm-hmm. you know, it's like you know you have to check everything one by one mm-hmm. you know manually because that's the way it's always been done i don't trust these new computers and i was like no like i can just plug, plug it into a spreadsheet and like you know, two minutes, it's done. Right. Um, and But that leads more and more to him. Uh, and then the show, like, goes on this weird direction. And, and I, was, mm-hmm. I was trying to get there. So he's doing more and more stuff for the big boss. And he's getting more and more power within the company. And he's starting to lose his sense of self. These are all good, dramatic, arcing things for a character to have happen. I'm with him so far. Where What I thought was interesting, and I don't, don't quite understand... And it might have been because I was watching this, but I was also doing stuff on the computer at the time. So it was like one eye here, one eye there. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole subplot of him cooking the books. Yes. And I'm like, why was this necessary? Okay. Yeah. So so what happens is, yeah. So Haida is 
put in charge of modernizing the workflow for the accounting department to make mm -hmm. everything more efficient. And yeah, from that, he gets a bit more position within the company. You know, like he becomes the new director of accounting. Mm -hmm. But the problem that's happening is because the new CEO is instituting all these reforms to sort of modernize and streamline the company, all the older employees, especially the older people on the board are very much against this. You know, like, you know, you're changing the system. We don't like change. Like even mm -hmm. teaching English in Japan, like, I don't know how many times I've seen, like, you know, we have this new exciting, you know, initiative to change how English is taught in schools. And there's like a lot of great reforms and stuff like, yeah, this will really help the students. And then like someone higher up in the chain's like, Ooh, you know, this is, this seems a bit different. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a bit risky. Uh, why don't we just like go back to the way it was and, you know, <laughs> see how it goes. And then of course it all falls apart. And so, so on one hand, you have a lot of sort of reluctance to the change because they like the status quo, but also you have this young guy has jumped the queue to become the CEO and all mm -hmm. the people on the board of directors who are expecting to get slotted in because of seniority, they're, they're like all their knives are out. You know, like <laughs> they want, they, they want to turn on this guy and go back to, you know, the way that the old system of the IQ, I've been saying yes to all of the CEOs, everything he says, you know, so that, you know, when the time comes, I get to be appointed his successor, you know, and, and no, instead he's like got this new kid. What does he know? He, you know, he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have 40 years of experience. Uh, it, it's sort of this, you know, again, generational thing, mm -hmm. but because he's been making all these changes, you know, it's a turbulent time and you're not always going to see immediate profits from making these changes. So the idea is like when they have their next earnings meeting, the earnings are going to be down. So then the board of directors is going to say, aha, see, you've made all these changes and we've lost money. You don't know what you're doing. So we're all voting you out, you know, and then putting back the old system. Well, if that happens, the company's just going to stagnate and die. So he says, you know, we have to cook the books to make it look like what we've been doing is profitable now instead of like a year down the line. So then they don't have anything that they can use against me and I can keep control until think the profits do. Okay. Up. That makes, that makes that? sense. Yep. No, I'm with yeah. you so far. Yeah, so you know, he's doing the wrong thing, but I understand why he's doing it. He is doing it to help the company progress into the future, and Haida mm -hmm. gets suckered into that as right. as well. Like, like they, the intentions are good, but the actions are are immoral. And so, um, eventually, because Agretzko is in con direct conflict with the new boss and doesn't like the way things are going, and that is one of the big drivers of the season, she finds all of this out. She undoes it, and then she gets Haida to confess, and then I think Haida eventually gives everything up and. The CEO, the new uh, director is ousted and he's fired. Yeah, um, and the, the old one goes back. The, the, the fun right. little little Easter egg in that when when the scene where Kabai and Retsko are breaking into the uh, mm -hmm. the office to steal the the original books so Ton can look at them. Mm -hmm. uh, the costumes they are wearing, like the sort of onesies with the sashes on them, are actually mm -hmm. the same costumes used in a uh, other anime manga series called Cat's Eye, which is about like a group of. Uh, of uh, women thieves that you know sneak into places so it's kind of a cute little uh, little wink there i actually think i've heard of that now that you mentioned it hey before we continue it's a really great well-written show but you know you can always tighten up the language being used maybe uh work on some of your characterizations a little bit better and you know what might help you do that david uh, what mark tell me grammarly for you listeners of TV Party Tonight, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help that we communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. 
Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. And again, that's great. Getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. Before we continue, other housekeeping issue. Um, we're about midway through our discussion here. We're going to be wrapping up in about another 25 to 30 minutes or so. I want to remind people that if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, if you found it somewhere, whether it was Spotify or Apple Music, and I'm talking specifically to you audio people, um, for those of you for those of you who found it on YouTube, you already know how to find it. But for those of you listening on audio um, and you want to continue to hear more of these TV parties, more of our discussions of anime, uh, more of our movie reviews, et cetera, et cetera, Please like and subscribe, or at the very least, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice so that you'll get the new shows. We drop one at at least one, sometimes two daily. Uh, and that's just the stuff I'm producing. There's still there's Sean Garmer's productions, which is soccer and video games. There's Eric Watkins, who does game shows, and he's doing a new like political editorial show called Point of Viewer. Um, at one point in his life, he did football. Like I said, there's new stuff dropping daily, and if you want it when it first comes out, and uh, subscribe to the feed, and you'll get it right there on your phone, or your tablet, or your computer, wherever you're listening to it. So go ahead and please do that if you haven't done so already. Please subscribe to the W2M network. I was told if I do that in the middle of the show, people might actually hear it and do so. See how okay, it works. we'll see how it works. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm going to turn it over to you. I the, I covered. The main th threads of the show, which were basically um, the the office stuff, the Haida stuff, uh, Haida and Agretzko. What else about this season did you want to touch on? Okay, well, I think one thing we haven't mentioned is uh, Boss Ton getting employed by Retzko to run her YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere also. I thought she was done with the idol stuff. Yeah, well, I think she's not doing idle stuff. She's more mm -hmm. doing like a, a her own thing where she just like records some of her karaoke sessions or gives right, advice right, right. on how to sing death metal. And that's actually mm -hmm. a, a very, it's turning to a very popular channel for her. Mm -hmm. And so she, she ends up hiring Boss Ton to help out with that because he's now been released from the company is working in a convenience store. <laughs> Probably a family mart, in all honesty. Okay. Family mart's good. Japanese convenience stores are magical places. I, I believe you. Yeah. You know what I want to try for in Japan? So my, my, my daughter mm -hmm. has been hounding us to go to Japan because she thinks we have money. And I guess maybe someday <laughs> someday we'll yeah. eventually get there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I know like a big cultural thing in Japan are the uh, vending machines. Yes. They're not like they are in America. They have like whole meals in there, underwear, all you name it. Uh, and yeah, I don't um, want to do the I don't need to do the underwear vending machines, but I do. You don't want to do that with your daughter? Why, Mark? No, don't answer that. <laughs> I don't want to do it with anybody. That's not my kink. Um yeah. but I'm sure whatever my kink is, I can find it in a vending machine in Japan. That's what I've been told. Uh I, I hate to burst your bubble, but yes, there is a variety of vending machines in Japan. It's just mm -hmm. the vast majority of them are drinks machines. Oh, well, uh, that's like, okay. Like 90% is drinks machines. I mean, they're different than the American style machines. One mm -hmm. nice thing is they do serve drinks hot or cold. You can get a mm -hmm. hot can of coffee from, from a machine if you push the right button. Right. Uh, yeah, you can have to go to a bit more specialized places <laughs> for if you, well, if you want to get like the food vending machines. Like there I want, are some. I want uh, a cold I, can of coffee and a turkey dinner. Can I get that in a vending machine? 
depending on where you go. But yeah, it's, it's a lot harder to find the food vending machines in my okay. experience. You'll, you'll kind of get vending machines outside of restaurants where you can print tickets for what you want to eat inside. So you push mm -hmm. the button, order the meal, you bring gotcha. it in, hand it in, and they'll cook your food for you. Uh, ice cream vending machines are quite popular. They're probably the second yeah. most popular. Japan has this rich tapestry of history, so many cultural touchstones and icons. I'm there for the vending machines. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, and I do miss them. Like, it's it's great, if, especially mm -hmm. you're out in the summer, it's like 40 degrees Celsius outside, 90% mm -hmm. humidity, you're sweating, you're feeling miserable. It's like, there's a vending machine, I can get yeah. a drink, this is fantastic. When we were in Epcot uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we went into the Japan section of the World Showcase, I, I always make sure to get one of those cold cans of Japanese coffees. They're delicious. Oh, yeah, like the Boss Coffees. You should look up the, yeah. everyone, you should look up the Boss Coffee ads with Tommy Lee Jones playing an alien, learning about life in Japan and drinking Boss Coffee. I'm not even <laughs> joking these are real that's amazing uh, yes so yes back look, to look, yeah back, back uh, yeah. to and, and her has, YouTube channel. Point, uh, there's been a bit of a crackdown on the panty machines like you're not gonna find <laughs> apparently you're, you're, you're not gonna find one of those outside of a like a sex shop basically so, so uh, i have sorry to, to push your bubble everyone so i have to put tags in this on spreaker and youtube i'm totally putting crackdown on panty machine yeah, that, that, that'll probably get us more views. Go for it. <laughs> Those of you that ha in the future that have have you know clicked on this because of the panty machine tag, I'm sorry that you're probably quite disappointed by, by, by the, 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 the discussion. And the I came here to see panty machines. I didn't hear want to hear these two nerds talk about a cartoon. Well, yeah, or, or, or the distinct lack, lack of panty machines. Yes. In reality. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Back to back to Let's Go. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so so Ton yeah, ends up working at a convenience store, and then Retsko comes at the behest of Ton's daughters to, mm -hmm. to sort of give him a job to kind of help him out. The voices on his daughters threw me off because I swore those were boys, but they're like yeah. wearing dresses, and I'm like, it's not that kind of situation. So yeah. they have to be girls, but boy, do they not sound like girls. Yeah, well, you, you well, this might come as a surprise to you, Mark, but uh, the voice actor that does the voice for Ton also does the voice for Ton's daughters. <laughs> Perfect. I, I I know it's it's hard to, to notice the similarities, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a bit of a joke in there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and and yeah, just Ton working in a cafe doing the uh, doing the books for Retsko, and then when mm -hmm. she then uses to sort of get him to analyze what's going on at the store. But there's this one bit where she's like, "Could could you could you go a little faster?" He's like, "Is this workplace harassment?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you're you're kind of a crappy boss. And he's like. <laughs> You know, it, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Big Bang Theory where, like, they're off to do something and Leonard's, you know, like, listing off everything that they have to prepare to, to Sheldon. And Sheldon, you know, like, like you know, have you prepared this? Yes. Have you prepared this? Yes. Have you prepared this? Have you considered this? Yes. Do you understand why I'm doing this? Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> Sheldon's always super picky when they're yeah. about to go and do things. So it's it's kind of like Tom's like, you understand why I'm doing this? You know, see how you like being the crappy boss because you're actually trying to get work done. You know. There was a, a couple of moments like that throughout this season where um, it was very, very pointed humor that that, that kind of cracked me up. I wanted to, with reference to Tan and Gretzko, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about, and they did this in the first season, um, you know, where it's established that Gretzko's sort of uh, vice for handling things is doing the death metal karaoke. And then she ends up like in a rap battle with Ton at the end of the season. Yeah, it's which just is, funny Ton can rap. Yeah, and they brought that back this season. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a he has a couple of like opportunities where he can rap and he really yeah you know, and he gets into it. Like his raps are actually like legitimately good. Like yeah. he's really entertaining. And what he says in those raps, like the first season it was a lot of 
you're a dumb girl and why aren't you more committed to your job like an adult yeah. and to, it, Tom's, yeah. to Tom's credit he he is right she is not right. exactly the most devoted employee right I, I and I can't remember what all the content was but I remember listening to it this time and it's like like he like makes legitimately strong points here in a lot of what he's saying through these rap songs like yeah. it's because I felt like in the first season they did it, it I don't know like it, he he's more of the villain in the first season so the raps yeah. themselves are more attacking in nature whereas here he's allied with the Gretzko and the raps are are more positive in nature while mm -hmm. still making like valid points which is what was interesting yeah yeah you sort of you start to understand his point of view and he mm -hmm. starts to understand a bit more of how to deal with Retsko in a positive way mm -hmm. and yeah and, and I think I've said it before in in the next two seasons you you kind of have those moments where Ton sort of just you know, gives her honest advice about her mm -hmm. life, you know, more because he's looking out for her. Because like he's, like we, we said before, like, even though this is a very flawed department and there probably are better people that can mm -hmm. get in to do these jobs, these are his people. He is responsible for them. It's, you know, and, and you know, so he's he, he does look out for her to a degree, mm -hmm. you know, as much as his position allows. So you and, brought up... Go ahead. Uh, no, I was kind of basically finished okay. my point. There. You brought up Anoa'i before, and she only has the one scene with Hadai um, uh, when they're at the cafe, and it's a, it's a heartbreaking scene because to this day, <laughs> I still feel like um, Anoa'i was done dirty. She really was. Yeah, Haida. I, I yeah, Haida. Yeah. Like her, Haida and and Anoa'i really did belong together. They were they were seemingly written as being meant for each other, and yet he can't get over his own stuff with Agretzko, and so he keeps letting her pass him by. And even here, she's still like, you know, she's still like, maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe he's seeing the error of his ways, and he realized we should be together. And he says something stupid at that meeting, yeah, the way well, she's like, uh, ugh. Yeah, well, she tells him that you know I've I've left the company, and he's like, oh, I didn't know. I was like, what? You didn't even bother to check if I was still employed. <laughs> That was kind of like the moment where she actually finally gets to snap at him, and that, yeah. I think that's what a lot of a lot of what I heard online for the reception of that story was like they're mm -hmm. just upset that you know Inoue basically gets dropped right away, and like mm -hmm. she doesn't even cuss him out for it. You know, she never stands up for herself. She just kind of accepts like, okay, you know, like you're you're not into me. I accept that, and you know, she right. just moves on, which is he, he not she, a very typical reaction. Well, I mean, Haida is so up his own ass about things. You know, he he's so obsessed with his projected beliefs of Agretzko's perfection that he seems to be out of touch with reality of anything else happening in the world. Mm -hmm. um, he's a very you realize over the course of four seasons, he's a very self-centered character. And yeah. anyway, just finally, like, sees that like the, the curtains are pulled back and she sees that self-centeredness. And she's like. I don't even know why I ever liked you. Like, if she has that moment of, oh my God, yeah. you're even worse than I thought you were. And I thought mm -hmm. it was perfect. Yeah, he's kind of one of those people. Who, he, he looks like he's got everything together mm -hmm. from the outside. But yeah, when you start to dig deeper, you realize he doesn't. And I wouldn't say in a nasty way. It's just, yeah, yeah like he's he still has his own set of growing up to do. For sure. Um, all right. I think we got it covered because I don't remember a whole lot else about this. We didn't get a whole lot with the... Uh, the foxy business ladies, the crane. Yeah, Washimi well, uh, and uh, Gory. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of their season for uh, for for content. I mean, there there's a few jokes about Washimi. Apparently, like the the reason why the president is hospitalized is because she keeps kicking him in the head every time he has a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Gory's just there to to kind of still be the the love the lovesick uh, mm. you know middle aged woman looking for 
looking for Mr. Right. And, you know, I, I hope she finds him. Yep. But, uh, so, but, yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. They, uh, they, they seem to have, have overcome their, uh, their spat from the previous season, which is nice right. to see. But yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a growing cast of characters slowly. And yeah, I don't think every season you can really focus on everyone. Like Kabai got a little more attention this season. Retsko, mm-hmm. of course, the main character, uh, you know, there's a nice bit where Manaka shows up to kind of cancel Retsko a bit. And, you know, like, it's kind of nice how they weave mm-hmm. previous characters together. Tadano shows up to give a bit of advice to, um, I think uh, there's one. Well, that's what I want to talk about. It one ends one with... little detail I liked was when Kabai did leave, and I was just devastated. Yeah. It was a nice little callback to how she kind of mothered him and was the one who was able to sort of teach him how to be productive at work. And it was kind mm-hmm. of a, a nice little sort of continuity callback. For sure. Um, so the whole season ends, I said, Hadai has lost his job. Yeah, Haida. Um, yeah. Haida. Sorry. Haida <laughs> lost his job, and he's looking at a... Well, he quit. I think, yeah, yeah, the the, the new CEO was, mm-hmm. he, he was outed and the old right. CEO came back and, yeah, and then Haida decided to quit after everything that had happened. Point being, he sees uh, Tadai, Tado, Tadeshi, uh, what the hell's his name of this character? Tadano. Jesus. Tadano, yeah. Tadano. So he sees Tadano up on a big screen on a building and it seemed like it was leading to something. I couldn't quite pick up what it was, but that's what I wanted to throw it to you for. It's what I was trying to get to is you see them looking at, there was a sort of a tacit realization that uh, Hadai would be useful to, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Harry would be useful to uh, uh, Todd. No. And um, <laughs> I'm not even trying anymore. Sure, and it seems enough. like they were, they were pointing in that direction. Mm-hmm. but it's the very last moment of the very last episode. So I was curious to see what you thought about there and where you think they might be going for season five. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be interesting if Haida works, ends up working for Tadano. I don't know if Tadano would offer him a position, but uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly that's sort of the big changing of the status quo. Haida is no longer working in the accounting department. Retsko mm-hmm. still is. And the, the rest of the characters are, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's good that they have said that there is a season five. So that's good. Like I, I, I really enjoyed this season. Like it was mm-hmm. hard to stop watching. We just kind of basically binged through it in two days. Oh, I, yeah, I got through it Friday morning while I was working on the computer and doing stuff. So that's nice thing. My new setup is I have you know my monitor right there with a the Roku stick, so I can watch. So I can actually like be productive now. Also means I don't pay quite as much attention to things as I used yeah. to. But that's yeah, okay. but I say, yeah, this this season was a bit less Retsko learning how to how to yeah. adult. It was a bit more dealing with the sort of more social issues about. Right. Yeah, the change in, in the work culture, the difference in generations. and So I'll be curious to see what they explore with season five. You know, are they going to go back to a very Retsko-focused thing? Is she going to have yet a, another distraction outside of the job place to uh, keep her focus? Is it going to be something internal? I don't know what more there is to explore about Japanese office culture that they haven't talked about yet or what kind of a character they can introduce to mix things up and create dramatic tension, which just as an aside... Um, I've always, you know, naturally when doing these podcasts with all of you guys, just been able to engage in a conversation. I don't necessarily have to do a lot of explaining about, about 
dramatic structure, plot structure, characterization. I just use those words. You guys know what I'm talking about. You use them back with me. Yeah. Occasionally, I get, I, I'll get asked a question, like, can you clarify something? But for the most part, we're all able to keep this at about a, you know, college level discussion of uh, media and literature. I knew I now have to explain all of that, though, to my son. Because like we'll be watching stuff and he'll like, I don't understand why this was necessary. And then I have to explain to him, like, well, if you don't do that, you don't have a plot, Jonas. And I, you know, and I gotta now like break all of this stuff down and explain to him like what what is characterization, what is dramatic tension, you know. And so going back to why I even brought all of that up, you know, is there a what kind of character will they introduce to break up the status quo of the office and create a situation that that Gretzko has to deal with because she's got to deal with something or we have no show Jonas. Yeah. Don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they could go with the yeah, hostile takeover by another company mm -hmm. or, you know, some, some part like that. There, I'm sure there's lots of different things that can be done. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like haida has gone, who's going to replace him. Well, right. that, that character could be an interesting thing. Like, and that's Haida what I was saying. Like maybe oh. they'll have him with uh, Tadano. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you got the name right. Oh, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for Robert Winfrey's sake, I'm going to add an applause button to my yeah. list of sound effects. I'll use yeah. that on myself next time I get a name right. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I want to see them. I want to see them paired up together. I want to see. Uh, you know, like everyone talked about Iron Man and Hulk, you know, doing science bro stuff. Yeah, I want to see them doing tech bro stuff. That's what I'd like yeah. to see in season five. Yeah, that would be good. Um, I mean, we we know that Haida uh, likes punk guitar by the looks of things. Mm -hmm. Retzko likes metal. Like there's. A chance that the two of them could bond over that. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, what's Retzko and Haida's relationship status right now? Are they actually going to give it a solid go? Have they all but given up on things? Will there be idea. another character like, entering in that you know Retzko might go with or Haida might go with? I was saying maybe that's that's an area that they go into is that they both end up in a band together. Yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. based on her YouTube channel. So yeah, they they've got some threads out there that they can play along with. But yeah, I'm enjoying the show. This is it's an easy watch and it's a fun discussion with you. So this is one of the this is one of the lesser painful one of these that I do. It's like yeah, oof, we're doing this now. Okay, <laughs> no, this it is, is, it is right. very deceptive how you have the show about cute and cuddly mascot animal characters without actually dealing with sort of the, the heavy realities of well, that was uh, the odd discussion. Yeah. That was the discussion that Robert and I had with Odd Taxi, where it was like it's basically like a Quentin Tarantino pulpy noir mm -hmm. with animals. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. Um, anyway, one thing about the show that I want to quick touch on um, mm -hmm. is the music. And there's some and, really good themes, like for, yeah. like different character themes. Like I love the Washimi Gori theme. I mm -hmm. like kind of like the cookie crazy things are happening theme. I just, I just wish, you know, when they go to the Agretzko metal stuff, it's kind of the same beat every single time. Yeah. If they don't really change that up enough. And, <laughs> yeah. and look, I, I know to some people that might, yeah, that seems like a very limited musical genre. Like, what can you do with it? But as somebody who is steeped in that genre, a lot. <laughs> you, know, maybe, you have a whole podcast about metal, don't you, Mark? <laughs> I, I do on Wednesday nights. As a matter of fact, now that you bring it up, uh, one of the things we do on that podcast is we play three tracks at a time from various metal albums and the service that we use to do that is amazon music and if you're interested in being able to play music for yourself whether you're out running or you're doing chores around the house or on your drive somewhere and you need a good service with over 70 million songs that you can listen to 
why not try a 30-day free trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service that we're happening to be giving away here? There's a link in the description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network to get your free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. Give it a shot. If you like it, you keep it. You pay the monthly fee. It's not. It's just the same as Spotify or Apple Music, or you can cancel at any time. No fuss, no must, no contracts. All right, David. That is our discussion of Agretzko. Let's see. What are you doing in the future for me? What am I doing me, David? Here. Uh, on the 21st, I have Book of Boba Fett, assuming that hasn't been rescheduled. Nope, that's the same. <laughs> okay, for now, fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to get moved. I think we're good. Yeah, and then I think next month so far, I have Disenchantment Season 4. Yep, March 24th, that is correct. Yep. Yeah, and then on the 28th of April, we're doing Star Trek Lower Decks Season yes, 1. because uh, I initially canceled it last year when I was going crazy with with too many shows and having to take on all these new W2M responsibilities. But things have leveled out now, and you happen to have mentioned, like, don't you owe me a show? And I'm like, I do. I made a promise. I don't think those I? were my exact words, but sure. I believe uh, I believe you said a debt needs to be paid, and I said, you're right, David. A Lannister always pays his debts. So, uh, no, you, you, you've been a cool guy, and this was something that you had asked to do, and I just put it off and put it off. So uh, I made sure we got it back on the calendar. Yes, we're going to be doing both seasons of Lower Decks before season three starts. So the first one is April 28th, and then the next one's going to be July 7th, because that's just the way that worked out. Um, I have you on for uh, Bubble and Bell. Yes, uh, so for those of you that like me talking about anime in Japan, you'll probably want to tune into that. Yep, um, we're gonna. In theory, we're gonna have to talk to, <clears throat> to talk to Keki guys on for that. Yeah. <laughs> also, if Bell is still in theaters where you are and you haven't seen it yet, give it a look. Um, it'll that it should be on. <clears throat> it should be on uh, PO, PVOD by the time we get around to doing this. That was the intention. We'll be doing an on trial for the first Downton Abbey, May sixteenth, and then Picard okay. season two. Then on trial for Top Gun, and then. Um, and then I'll have you on for a damn you Hollywood for Downton Abbey to the new era. And then finally I'll have you on the damn you Hollywood for Top Gun Maverick. And that's all your shows currently through May 31st, unless you end up jumping on something else. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, but so far I haven't seen anything there. And that on trial for Downton Abbey, that's the first movie. Yes. Or just the series. Nope. Oh God, no. The, the movie, <laughs> man, the movie. The movie. Um, okay, sure. All right. So, that, uh, that controversial. <laughs> we are continuing with our look into our celebration of Black History Month and Black Cinema here on the Rattlevision Broadcasting Network. And when I say Black Cinema, I mean the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when I say these things, it's a little tongue in cheek, but not completely, because I do think these are films and uh, genres and characters that need some examination when looking at the vast, wonderful culture of Black Cinema. Having said all that. <laughs> We're going to be re-airing our Long Road to Ruin for the Shaft trilogy from the 70s, which is Shaft, Shaft's Big Score, and then Shaft in Africa. And then Jason Teasley and I will be looking at the Samuel Jackson pair of Shaft movies from 2000 and 2019. Um, on Tuesday, myself and Robert Winfrey will be reviewing Roland Emmerich's Moonfall for about five, five to ten minutes and spend the rest of the, of the hour and 50 minutes complaining about Roland Emmerich, complaining about Marvel films. <laughs> Um, Wednesday, speaking of the Metal Hammer of Doom and Amazon Music, we'll be reviewing the new Corn album. I was listening to that today. Me and my son were jamming out to it on our way to go see Jackass Forever. Uh, on Thursday, speaking of cartoons, uh, we'll have a re-airing of 
uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice to mark the on sale for Batman, the Batman starring Robert Pattinson and uh, directed by Matt Reeves. And that's actually tracking for about uh, for $150 million weekend. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Alexis Haina will be on in the afternoon to discuss the new set of Looney Tunes cartoons, plus the Valentine's Day special. And then in the evening, more black cinema with your friends and I, Jason Teasley. Uh, we'll be looking at Coffee, the film that launched Pam Greer, Superfly, of which many films were patterned after, and Blackula, because I owed Jason Teasley at least one horror movie. Um, on Friday, we got nothing. Saturday, we got a re-airing of Body Count in our continued celebration of black culture. Uh, Ice-T's thrash metal band Body Count, which debuted, I think, in 1992, infamously included the track Cop Killer on there. We're going to re-air our review of that. And then on the Super Bowl, we'll have a re-airing of Warcraft um, as we gear up for Uncharted. And in the e after the Super Bowl ends, myself, Jason Teasley, and maybe Jesse Starcher will be looking at National Champions, American Underdog, and we are Marshall. Da -da 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 -da. So that's it. That's what I got going on here in the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. That's what David's got going on. Um, in the meantime, David, anything else before we go? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here in our review of Agretzko Season 4. He's David Wright. I'm Mark Rattledge. Remember to subscribe to the feed, to the audio feed, for you to get the shows as soon as they are uploaded to the server. Uh, with that, thank you for watching. If you were watching us on um, Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, be well, be safe, and behave.